another episode of Speaking Literally, where the books speak for themselves. I'm Holly. And I'm Liz. And oh my gosh, Liz, it is our one year anniversary. Can you can you believe it's been a year? It's crazy. I don't know how it's gone so fast. It's really, I mean, technically this is our 14th show. It's just gone so fast because we had two two months where we had two shows. But to hit the year is just, it's unbelievable. It's been but so much has been. fun. Oh, it has been such a laugh. And being able to go through all the different seasons. And now we've come kind of full circle. Yeah. Uh, it's just been such, yeah, such a good time. I remember from our first show where it felt so awkward because <laughs> it was the whole meet the bookstagrammer and it was our first podcast and we didn't really know what we were doing and it was really kind of... Liz, come on. Do we even know what we're really doing now? <laughs> no, but it feels like it flows a bit better now. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> it feels like it's a little bit kind of less uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel like we've got, you know, we've got into our groove a bit more. I would agree with that. But it, it's just, it's been so fun. The conversations we have, I've learned math this year. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, yeah. it's just been so fun. So, you know, I, I think about all the things we've talked about in the, in the books we've talked about, the authors we've talked to. And I guess when we started, I never really in my I don't know. I mean, it's not like we have like the number one podcast in the world or anything, but I still not quite. Yeah, not quite. Almost. We're working on it. I think we're number we're two. <laughs> but it's like I just, you know, I I just I reached out to you because I thought you'd be so fun to work with, and I just I really wanted just to do a podcast, you know, regardless of how many people listen to it, just to talk to somebody about books and what's going on in the bookish yeah. world, and just have some fun. And you know, I never really in my wildest dreams when I was initially thinking about doing a <laughs> podcast that we'd have talked to. You know, we interviewed five different authors this year, and yeah. just you know. And, you know, we had Tony on in October to talk about all like the horror, scary Stephen King stuff. And um, I don't know. It's just it's it was it's turned into more than I thought it would. Definitely. I mean, it's been such an adventure already. And it, I just to me, it still feels like it's just our, our monthly catch up and getting to see you see your lovely face face to face. Well, not face to face, but electronically face to face. Yep. Um, it just feels like it's just normal chatting. It makes it kind of. Nice and easy. It's nothing, not stressful. It's not something that you kind of think, oh God, it's like rush, rush, rush. It's just like a really nice sort of hour that we just get to talk about our favorite thing and nobody complains. That's right. <laughs> you know, and I guess it's, it's a, it's a good thing. That's a positive thing that's come out of COVID, you know, and I think yeah. about prior to COVID, people never really used Google Meets or Zoom and, and realized that they can connect globally. And here we are. <laughs> I'm in, you know, the blazing heat of Phoenix, Arizona, and you're in the humidity stricken, you know, um, slightly overcast, a bit rainy England. Yeah. yeah so it's just, you know, <laughs> separated by the Atlantic Ocean and it's just in eight hours right now difference in time zone it's just yeah it's just super fun to be able to to connect and uh, and 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 like you said to talk about what we've we've loved to talk about um but we have like so we pretty much share like everything the same (laughs) it helps that we have the same taste in books and 
we always seem to answer the same things <laughs> yeah we do except you, you, you like, are basically like my sister from another mother <laughs> exactly uh you like classics a little bit more than i do i think that's mainly because i didn't read them as much when i was younger whereas mm. i think the part of the reason why you didn't like them is because you had to read them like so much more because of being a teacher yeah but yeah, I think that's because I'm I'm kind of getting into I say getting into them, but I mean some of the ones I've read I've just absolutely despised. <laughs> <laughs> well, you read Grapes like of Wrath. I'm like, I know. Why would that's you read the, that? That's the worst one. I don't know why I did it to myself. And I mean things like The Great Gatsby, where there were no likable characters. Mm-mm. I just there was nobody which you could say, yeah, I like that character. Yeah. Nobody. They were all like quite awful people mm-hmm. putting it lightly yeah, exactly i think the only reason i liked the great gatsby is because i had to read it when i was in um in high school so i think i read it when i was uh 16 was about the year that i read mm. it and we focused so much more on like the jazz age in the 1920s and doing projects See, revolving I like, around yeah, the 20s i like the setting i like yeah. i like where it's set but yeah the characters just no the characters yeah. are horrible horrible they should all die <laughs> <laughs> But have you read the count, the, the count of Monte Cristo yet? Have you read that one? No, no, no. That is my favorite. List. So it's okay. it's definitely a hefty read, but I, that's have that is Pride my favorite. Yet? I'm sorry. Have you read Pride and Prejudice yet? <laughs> it's still sitting on my my nightstand, my bedside table. It's 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 sitting there. It's a beautiful book. Um, so thank you, Liz, for my my gift. <laughs> I'm going to. I will read it. I I I. I look at it and I'm like, Liz is going to like kill me if I don't read this book. <laughs> and it's you funny because I, to read your ones. I still have. Um, so here's here's an interesting thing. So Liz and I, you know, for holidays and birthdays, we will send each other books and we order them from Amazon. And it's it's absolutely, you know, wonderful to be able to do that and have that um, that technology. So. She sent me Pride and Prejudice after we had our classics show and because she was very upset that I hadn't read it. (laughs) And I had talked about The Giver and The Outsiders and was very upset that she hadn't – not only had she not read them, she hadn't even really heard of them. And I'm like, what? How is this possible? But here's the most frustrating thing in the world is that – when I went to try to order both of them from Amazon to send to her, they're unavailable to send to England. I, I I don't know why England doesn't want their citizens reading these books because they're fantastic books. So I ordered them, and I'm showing Liz right now because we're on a Zoom meet. But I ordered them, trying to figure out a way to cheaply send them to her via not Amazon. They're beautiful books. They're brand new. I haven't even opened them. And they're sitting here waiting for me to figure out. (laughs) But um, everything costs a million dollars right now. So Yeah. um, I mean, is it – do they not have, like, a corporate postage at school, which they get cheaper postage? Yeah, they would frown or upon maybe me. Greg's company. Yeah, because it's personal, they would very yeah. much frown against that. So, because um, the only way of getting a cheaper postage would be to get through, get it through like a corporate thing. Like maybe Greg's company has some sort of special thing. I don't know. Greg works from home. 
<laughs> I don't know how I would do exactly. that. So you might need to carry your stuff. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll just fly over there. At this point, it might be cheaper just to Yay. come visit you in person and bring them to you. Um, but yeah. Definitely. 100%. So, but, um, but let, you know, talking about like the authors that we've, we've met and, um, we've talked about. So we have talked to, um, Caleb Ortega. He was our first guest. We talked to Kate Allen, Jessica uh, Gravu Glover, Amanda Prouse, and Sarah Johnson. So those have been our, our guests authors so far. Um, any of those interviews like jump out at you? Like when you think back about our author interviews, what jumps out at you? I mean, the most fun is going to be Amanda Prowse. She was just such a kind of, just a joy to have on. I mean, apart from obviously the fact that she did majorly compliment my voice, it wasn't just that. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was just so much fun. She, I could have literally just like stayed on call for hours just talking to her. Absolutely. Um, I mean, for, for like inspiration and books I've really got into, Jessica, I her, when I read her book, absolutely loved it, um, and I've got her second one on my Kindle that I want to I want to read soon. But yeah, that one like that really impressed me. The whole mixture of the human and the and the um, and the kind of the fey worlds as such that was really interesting. Um, obviously, our most active person since has clearly been Caleb. Um, <laughs> we have received many uh, many arcs from him since and. I have to admit, I haven't actually read the most recent one yet. I'm actually, so his most recent one we received is The Way of the Dragon. Yeah, um, yeah that's the one. It's, I have, I've started, I'm almost done with it, actually. Okay. It's it's much shorter than some of the other ones. Um, and it's, it's definitely a different feel. I remember talking to him not that long ago okay. when he was getting ready to send The Way of the Dragon out to us. And he, he said that those first three books that were outside of the Warfare of the God series, the um, one, one Will Die, um, The Assassin's Odyssey, and what was the other one? The um, Jewels of Egypt. So that's the one, yeah. Yeah. So those three books, he said, when he initially started writing them, he considered writing them as a trilogy because they all kind of followed okay. the same, and that made sense. Once he told me that, and I'm like, oh, well, that makes yeah, so much they were sense. Very, very similar in the way of the writing and yeah, and and just the structure and the plot and and yeah. what happens at the end. Um, but the way of the dragon is even more separate and standalone okay. than those. So it is, it's, it's definitely, it, That's quite interesting. yeah, it's different. Um, so it's, it, it also was a very easy read. One of the things I love about Caleb's, yeah. Caleb's books are that they are super, super quick, easy reads. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I agree with Amanda Prowse. Like I could have just listened to her talk. Like she didn't need us. She just could <laughs> <No>. just, <laughs> she was just so funny and just you know and what I love is that she just she didn't hold herself back like she just she didn't have anything to prove she just (laughs) I am just gonna talk and this is who I am and this is what I think and um and yeah so it's just uh after reading her memoir that came out you know not too long ago I realized that she doesn't like ice cream very much and I remember on the show talking about how I wanted to come just eat ice cream with her and just talk to her all night and she's like yeah and I'm like liar you don't like ice cream 
<laughs> so that's okay. We'll still eat ice cream. So, but yeah. And then. Yeah, no, it's, it's been really interesting. I mean, when it comes to the. Obviously, me and Holly have kind of had separate um, authors that we've brought in. Um, Holly's brought in quite a few of the American ones, and uh, I brought in our first British one, which is Amanda Brass. <laughs> um, but it's been really interesting because we've both kind of been able to to read each other's authors' books and really get into them. I mean, Jessica was one of uh, the ones that Holly introduced me to, and it was just such a brilliant book, as I say. So it's really interesting, and obviously Amanda Prowse is, is one that I got Holly into. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Holly, you read, you enjoyed, you read Waiting to Begin, didn't you? I did. I did, and it was really good. And um, and then I read her memoir. So, <clears throat> um, yeah. which is funny because having had the opportunity to to talk with her for so long, you know, and, and hear her voice and hear her personality, <laughs> like reading him her memoir, I had her voice reading in my head and it's just yeah. I could, could just hear like where she would be sarcastic and where she would just it was it was really really good and that's one of the things I like I don't read a lot of nonfiction or memoirs either um, but I loved the it helped to be able to hear her voice in my head as yeah. I read no definitely so I mean do you have any other kind of favorite interviews that we've had or favorite guests uh, well, I, I, you know, kind of what we've already talked about. We've always talked about Caleb yeah. um, and Amanda for sure, uh, and then Jessica. I think Jessica is just, you know, she's such she's such a cool person. Like even just following her on Instagram, such a cool yeah. cool person. And I know that she's having a um, a book signing in Ventura, California on the 25th so this coming Saturday and I was like oh it's summer I can go and you know and so I messaged her and I'm like oh my gosh I think I'm going to be able to come and she was you know she was excited and I was excited and I'm like I just need to see if it's the same weekend that I'll be out of town on a short little family vacation and of course it is the weekend of which it's it's fine. I you know she's, she'll have another one. I'm no, I don't live that far away. But it's yeah. just it's a bummer because I was gonna go see the um, Holly Black Lee Bardugo. Um, yeah. They were having their book signing in May, and I couldn't go because I had a, a it was the end of the school year, and I had a school function and graduation, and I couldn't be gone um, because I don't live that far away. But it's it's still an overnight. I, it's not close enough oh, that I could yeah. drive out and back in a day. Um, but just, you know, Jessica is just a really cool person and, you know, another beast skin is, was a, such a, a, like you said, a unique book and I can't wait. I still haven't gotten a chance to read her, her, her newest one. Um, but I know she's been out gallivanting around Europe, um, these last couple yeah, of so, weeks. Yeah, so I like the fact that she's lived in both England and America. So it's kind of like she related to both of us. So it was mm-hmm. really interesting. So that was um, really cool. I mean, I think one other thing from this podcast I've learned is I've learned lots of American like activities, and <laughs> I mean, we've, you've got the the hay rides and the, and the corn mazes. <laughs> so I've learned a lot more Americanisms. <laughs> yeah, and um, I learned about mince pie more, um, <laughs> which I still haven't eaten yet. You still haven't tried. <laughs> I haven't tried. So again, Jessica, right. I, was it Jessica who said that she was going to make yeah. it? So um, next time she has a fine. yeah. So next time she has a book signing, and then she will just coordinate it, and she can make me mince pie when I go out and attend her book <laughs> signing. 
it's all good. Uh, and I guess like, you know, um, and then Sarah Jensen, who's been our most recent uh, um, author, you know, she's a Canadian author. So we're getting some diversity yeah. as far as where they're from, but she was our cyber, exactly. our cyberpunk author. And I think that was cool. And I think that's something that, you know, the show has kind of exposed me to, because if we weren't doing the show, um, oh, yeah. they never would have reached out to say, Hey, you want to read our book? And I yeah. would, that book never would have been on my radar. So that was, that was really cool. And that's something that I took away from, from the show as well. Just, yeah, definitely. I'm, I mean, I've never actually heard of cyberpunk, a genre before this. So that was, uh, that was really interesting. Um, and that's one that's on my, on my TBR to read. Um, I haven't got around reading it, but no, that was really interesting. And it sounds like a really cool book. Um, yeah, we're slowly, we're ticking off the countries. So we've had America, we've had Canada, we've had England. So we're getting there. We need like some more European and some Asian. Yeah. Maybe we can get some. Like, <laughs> I mean, Australian would be quite difficult though, because Australian, that's like 12 hours difference, but we can make yeah. It so, or like in, in like, you know, something in like South Africa, maybe I don't, again, we'd have to look to see what the time zones are. We, I might have to like set my alarm for like 3 a.m. I think South Africa is nowhere near as bad. I think it's only a few hours difference from me. So hmm. okay. I don't think it'd be that bad. All right. Well, if you're listening to this yeah. amazing podcast and you're an author that lives in like an African country or European <laughs> country or an Asian country, let us know. Hit us up on Instagram and we'd love That's to have great. you on the show. <laughs> no, we're serious we really would we definitely really would. So, so i mean looking back other than the interviews we've had a lot of um a lot of all sorts of different episodes which haven't been um any special guests so we've had like the um the different genre shows we've also had the classics and we've had the fantasy show what are your your highlights of the the kind of non-author episodes you know, I really, and I think this is one of our very first episodes when, when we did Beach Reads. Um, I think that was our July episode last year, so episode that number really two. Um, and, you know, I thought that was that was fun because it was very timely. Yeah. And, you know, I don't read a lot of, of romance and rom-coms, and I think that that's what everyone assumes, you know, or automatically stereotypically <laughs> thinks of when they think of Beach Reads. So it was fun to yeah. kind of talk about Beach Reads not being a set genre and really, you know, what classifies something as a Beach Read. But I also enjoyed um, the the genre the genre um, episode that we did it's probably one of our longer episodes where we were picking some of our favorite books i think our, our longest episode was actually one of my favorites it was the standalone versus series one. Oh, maybe that's the one i'm thinking of is that the, the one we wrote up about all the different series and most of them were fantasy <laughs> they could have just been a fantasy show exactly um, yeah we oh, we went on so long for that episode but that was such a such a laugh because that, that kind of gave us some new ideas about different series one of us hadn't read and mm-hmm. um that was just yeah that was just so much fun and that one really kind of stands out for me um and of course the fantasy show because that's kind of one of our, our main genres which is strange because before lockdown and before covid i rarely read fantasy fantasy was kind of like quite low down on my list i was mainly the thriller rom-com or kind of horror mm-hmm. um but yeah, ever since lockdown, like fantasy's become such a such a big genre for me, and I really, I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite genres now. 
Yeah, and I don't know, maybe that's because you were living a horror show of the pandemic and you didn't want to yeah. read any more horror. Than, exactly. Than, yeah, I didn't want real life. I want, yeah, I want like a fantastical world. And, you know, and it's I funny. I think that was part of it. I think it's escape. Yeah, and that's why I love, you know, fantasy. And I think whenever I talk about the books that I like to read, you know, you see a lot of people posting about like, do you like, you know, the, you know, the emotional, you know, heartbreaking type books? Uh, no, uh, honestly, I don't. Uh, because I have enough emotion <laughs> in real life that when I read, I want to escape. I want, to, yeah. you know, to go to a different world. And, it's, and it doesn't mean that I can't have like sadness in a book. Um, but I really don't want I don't read a lot of books where I'm sobbing, um, yeah. you know, and it's just, you know, I, I read the me before you book and sobbed my eyes out over that book. And I'm like, Oh, and I watched the movie and sobbed my eyes out over the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just like, Both in the stars. <laughs> Oh, yep. Read that one. Saw my that sister, one. Sobbed. My sister's keeper. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done that one yet. Um, but yeah, like, stuff. yeah, it's, a, it's another major heartbreaking one. Her books, jo- <laughs> Jody, P- 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 yeah, um, I, I've read a couple of her books and I love them. Beautiful writer. They are really good. But they, oh my they God. They break your heart every time. Yeah. I yeah. can only, I can only handle so much because it's just, it's just too, too, <laughs> way too heartbreaking. Every time. Yeah. She just like opens up your soul and just like tears it into little pieces. <laughs> I know. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's soul crushing but i I, but i mean i remember when uh, just real quick when i when when i was younger like i was the same way like i had like a million james patterson books and um patricia cornwell books like i loved those kind of thrillers a long time ago (laughs) now i enjoy them but not quite so much i definitely would much rather have the escapism of a fantasy yeah now I love just all like the world creation and just seeing what different authors do with the with the law and kind of how they change it slightly. Um, so we're talking on books, obviously about the books that we've discovered. What are some of the books that you've discovered and ended up loving because of the podcast? Say like ones that we've discussed that you've um, that you've gone on to love. Um, I think kind of the ones we've already talked about, I think some of them tend to come from the authors that we have uh, interviewed. And I think, you know, for the most part, um, like Bubbles in Space by S.C. Jensen, (laughs) who was the the cyberpunk sci-fi book. I would never have ever read that book if it wasn't for this podcast. And it was such an Mm -hmm. enjoyable, surprisingly enjoyable. Like I went into it going – bubbles in space okay um you know and 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 it's and and i admit that i went into it and i judged the book by its title and you know um but i loved it and i thought it was so creative and just so innovative and it was i am excited to read the other ones uh in her series and even check out her other series but also Amanda Prouse. Um, I know she's written, yeah. you know, 20, Tons. 25, <laughs> 20, whatever books. And um, they're just, you know, great women's fiction books. And I yeah. had never really heard of her before until you brought her on the show and, uh, and just, you know, 
just amazing. Just amazing, you know. Um, but I think those yeah, I mean, would be the two biggest ones for me. Yeah, I mean, one thing we can say is that we are both bad for each other's bank balance. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> because there are so many books that you've got me into this last this last year. Well, longer than that, really, since we've been talking, say, a year and a half, maybe. Um, for me, the books that we've discussed on the podcast that I've gone on to love, obviously, apart from the author interviews, because just like you say, I completely agree. They've been some brilliant books that I've read and discovered from there. But um, the first one uh, that I would say that isn't one of the author interviews was actually one of the ones that you um, gifted me for my birthday. And um, that is House and Cerulean Sea because, <sighs> oh my God, I just fell in love with that story after like you selling it to me and then like bring it, sending it to me. That one was just like, it stayed with me for a long time. Um, such a beautiful, beautiful story. Um, from Bella, from the Blood and Ash series, mm. you went on about that so many times. I had to go and get it in the end, and completely fell in love with that world. And Poppy, and oh, it was such a brilliant series. And then obviously we, but um, Buddy read the the most recent one, The War of Two Queens, mm-hmm. which was so much fun. Having the whole audio and and um physical book, well, when it audio book and ebook mm-hmm. because. They couldn't get the hardbacks out, which is annoying. <laughs> I know. Um, so that was really good. And I said, there's just been, there's been so many. And oh, and obviously uh, Project Hail Mary as well. <gasps> Another one that that you really got me into. And that, do you know, that one actually kind of kicked off an, an interest in sci-fi. Ever since then, I've wanted to read more sci-fi. I bought um, The Martian a few weeks ago from a charity shop, so I've still got that to read. But um, yeah, you, you, you've inspired a lot of like, my, my book purchases. <laughs> and you still need to finish the Illuminae series, too. I do. I've still got one more left. Um, I did start it, but I've left it so long that I'm going to just have to start it again. Um, but, yeah, that was really good. Really enjoyed that. And I want to get the physical um, copies at some point because I know that, obviously, you're saying about the illustrations and the diagrams. Mm-hmm. Um, that just sounds like a really interesting thing to kind of read at the same time. Yeah, because it's it's not a like narration. It's like it's it's a book of documents, yeah. um, <laughs> and that's yeah. And I didn't realize it because I listened to that series as an audio first, and then I saw it mm. in the store and picked it up and was flipping through, and I'm like, oh my word, I like I missed out on so <laughs> much. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, yeah, I must say, like most of the books that you have read in the last year. There are not many which I would look at and go, nah, I'm not interested. I don't think there are many that, <laughs> that I actually feel like that. Most of the time, I swear, my wish list has just been like, oh, Holly read that. That sounds really interesting. Add <laughs> to wish list. Oh, yeah, that one as well. <laughs> yeah. And, well, I mean, so much similar taste. <laughs> for, for like as far as books that you've read and um, that you've encouraged me to read, uh, like, for example, one was um, Night Circus. That was a that was a big one that you um, you pushed me to read. I think when we were doing our twelve books for twelve months and getting recommendations for our friends, I think <laughs> no, that wasn't your. I don't think that was your recommendation, but it came up in um, one of our podcasts. I think it was our podcast with Jessica, yeah. and you guys were just going on and raving about Night Circus, and I'm like, I haven't read that one, and you guys were like, What? Yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and so I did. I think it was one of my first books of um, 2022. And uh, yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to. I'm looking back in your. Oh, you haven't got your twelve twenty on your stories. 
You haven't got it on one of your like favorite things. Oh, favorite I don't stories. do a very good job of putting those. You need to that. Yeah, that you should really put your twelve twenty there. I know, like having like that's the story highlights on there. I'm not. I'm not good that's at that. One, yeah, doing highlights. doing reels. <laughs> I'm not really good at reels. I will say that I was. I just did a reel that I'm going to post on Monday. So just yeah. if you if you follow me on on Instagram, just be kind to me because I'm trying to up my reel game. It's it's not good yet, people. Yeah, I haven't done a reel for a while actually. I I've been trying to kind of sort of broaden my my Instagram, but it's been a bit quiet recently. Um, yeah, no, I can't find your twelve twenty on your Instagram. Yeah, it's on my it's website. I could keep it updated on my website, but I, I, I'll have to like link it to one of my highlights on, I'll have to refigure out how to make a highlight <laughs> for my, for the stories. Just post it as a story and yeah. then add it to the highlight reel. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. I'll, 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 I'll figure it out. I'll play. I, I will continue to up my Instagram game, everybody. I, I promise I will do that. So, so, you know, here we are a year down starting year two you know it's everybody I think you know whenever somebody does something like this they always look to see okay one one year's down what can we do what can we do next how can we continue to improve obviously we want to continue to bring in more authors um you know and and have those author interviews because I think you know we both really enjoy meeting the authors and talking yeah, to them definitely. and letting them share their stories. Um, but we also have a really cool new idea of something that we want to launch in our in year two. So uh, Liz, I'll let you have the honors of <laughs> kind of saying what we'd like to do in year two. So uh, we have been talking about running a book club. Um, so we're looking for for anyone who wants to get involved. Uh, Obviously, as many people can read it at once, we're looking at doing a buddy read. Um, but we'd like to get two or three people to come onto the show um, in August to basically to talk about the book. Um, we'll be giving updates on the reading during the time that we set it for. Um, it's just like a really exciting, exciting bit of expansion on the podcast. Uh, I'm really excited to kind of get this all, all up and running. Um, so, yeah, just nice little kind of additional little feature yeah a great way to kind of get some more um you know book lovers on our show just you know to to talk about Mm -hmm. books and you know have the opportunity to just have a book discussion about a book that we've just all read at the same time and you know do that a couple times throughout the year and different books so if you don't want to read it's not like a you know mandatory if you do one you have to do them all um but just something different to kind of sprinkle in there and get get more people on here talking to us um so uh so yeah so what a great year it's been and you know we kind of changed our structure around for today's episode a little (laughs) bit so that we could talk about year one before we get into everything else um we tend to run over we get really excited when we start talking about books (laughs) um so uh Books is the next thing. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Um, So we're going to take a quick break right here. And then when we come back, we will talk about the books that we are, you know, currently reading or have recently finished reading that we want to share our thoughts on. So we'll be back in just a second. And we're back. All right, Liz. 
what have you been reading? Well, uh, obviously we started off the month doing a buddy read. Um, because it was our year show, we decided we wanted to do something a little bit special. We wanted to read a book that we'd both been dying to read for a long time, but has been putting it off um, because it is at the moment the last book in the Grishaverse series. Um, but with the news that obviously there's one coming out in September, the graphic novel, we felt that we could we could emotionally handle it. <laughs> Um, yes. I don't know whether I stick with that, but <laughs> um, so yeah, we both read Rule of Wolves um, by Lee Bardugo, and oh, it was amazing. Oh, it was everything it, I ever hoped it would be and more. Oh, it was, and it was, there's so many twists and turns that it, the pacing as always was just so well done. Uh-huh. It just kept you on your toes. It was almost like when it got to the slow bit, which was maybe like for a chapter or two maximum. It gave you a chance to recover a bit emotionally, <laughs> just have a little bit of a breather and be like, okay, nothing's really happening. It's okay. And then it like went back up to emotion. I was like, oh no. Yeah. And you know, um, and it just, it, it was, oh. and it had so, so many of the elements that I think we've both talked about loving. Uh, you know, it had the multiple yeah. points of view. And I think, you know, I love multiple points of view books. And oh, I think, it's the best. yeah. Yeah. But, Verdugo, she takes that and she just capitalizes on it because, yeah. you know, once you get into it, then you know, I would say about halfway through the book, she begins to do those nasty chapter cliffhangers. And so because oh, the chap, the yeah. point of view is changing chapter, <laughs> there's a cliffhanger and you have to you wait three or four chapters for, yeah. for that character to come back. And then in the meantime, you have you know, three different character chapters and they each yeah. have their cliffhanger ending. And it's just like, you know, so sh- what a talent in being uh, able to create was... a page turner. Cause you didn't want to put it down. Yeah. No, no, we oh, really didn't. And I'm, I think of, without getting into any detail, I'm pretty sure the first chapter cliffhanger was Nina's chapter. Um, and that was just like, Oh my God, it, it took literally about four chapters to find out what happened. And, yeah, you use some tenterhooks for the most of the reading. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, since you brought up Zor- uh, Nina, and this this book really was a lot about characters and each character's oh, you know ha- approach to the situations that they were faced with, and there was so much. There's so many different things happening. I like when I wrote my review on this book, I actually said it was like almost taking. Um, there's so many storylines. So it was like each storyline was like an instrument and you have each of these instruments playing different tune and they're all, they all sound different. They're all like, how is this all created? But when you put all the instruments together and line them up on top of each other, it creates this beautiful melody. And that's exactly how I felt this book went. And I like that metaphor. Because. But yeah, I completely agree with that. Completely. It was just, there's just so much. I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? Perfect, and, yeah. and, and I didn't understand how it was all going to come together. I'm like, how can she resolve 15 conflicts that she's created through yes. these 15 storylines? And, but it did. It, it, it all blended together. Yeah. I think there's about five chapters left, and I was thinking, how, are they, how is she going to resolve all this? How is this going to end on, like, a nice kind of tied-up note? And, yeah, she did it. And, I mean, obviously, one of our favorite characters was back, and it was the main character, uh, mm-hmm. Nikolai, mm-hmm. who is one of the best characters. <laughs> um, always a pleasure, really, by him. 
And it's also really nice to see some of the new characters as well. Um, they have some new ones that we hadn't met before, so that was really nice. Um, as well as obviously some old favourites as well. Yeah. Which I won't say anymore, but that was also very exciting. Yeah, no, all, overall it was just such a, such a fantastic read and it's, I don't know if I'm like emotionally over with the fact that there's no more Grisha first right now. I know. There's no more in the series. Uh, there's a, there is a graphic novel coming out in a few months time, so that's good. Um, but we haven't had any news about any more in the series. Cause we're meant to be getting another one for Six of Crows, aren't we? Oh, I have no idea. I thought, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm hoping we get more. I, I hope we do. I can't, it can't be over. It's, well, it's just. And, and I think that's that's something that, you know, when Rule of Wolves ended, how it ends lends itself to have another oh, yeah. book because 100%. it's like it is completely open. And, yeah. you know, I'm but at the same time, it, it was written in a way that there doesn't have to be another one. But if she decides down that's the road it. that it has to be another one. Yeah. That, you know, <laughs> oh, I love the Grishaverse so much. I can't be over then She's given herself. Like, yeah. she's given herself the plot. Like, right there, the last oh, paragraph yeah, of the 100%. book, there's the plot of the next one. Um, and so it's, so I enjoyed that. And so oh, I, I'm, amazing. I'm hopeful. And, you know, and besides, like, this was, <laughs> this was Zoya's moment to shine in this book. Yeah. Like, when you look at character development, it really was Zoya who, who came out to be, you know, really her moment. And I, Definitely. And because I love her so much now from everything that she's evolved into, it's like, I don't want her to be done. I want the next book to happen and, and kind of maybe focus, yeah. you know, where this, these last two King of Scars and this one were really Nikolai's duology. I would love to yeah. see something come about with Zoya. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see what happens next with her. Yeah, but I will because, say, I mean, go ahead. And I was just going to say, because, yeah, right at the end is really where she shone the most. And that really does lend itself to kind of to really continue on her story and to find out what happens. Yeah. And, and you know, and even with like with Nina's story, like there's still room there. And, you mm-hmm. know, the new characters like Princess Ari, like there's, you know, what's what's going on and, and kind of like that realm. And and again, you know, this was the perfect in some ways, conclusion to the Grisha verse because there are so many cameos in here. I know, yeah. but you know, for it to be an end, to have all the cameos yeah. happen was just, it, it just, like, it I was, was sad, fun. but it made me happy. I'm like, at least, at least I'm ending on a happy note. It was such a good book. It's I like, s- yeah, it's like Lee Bodiger was showing all her fans some love yeah. and really giving a nod to the whole universe. Um, that was really nice, and that was kind of really tied everything together um, in a way that we hadn't seen before in any of the other books. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 interesting too because, like, you know, in Shadow and Bone, um, you know, you have the Darkling. I think that you know the Darkling is really your your overarching antagonist in the Grishaverse. Like, he that's what his role is, and. I think, you know, especially in Shadow Bone series, he was a magnificent antagonist. Like, I thought he was a fantastic villain. And, um. And he wasn't bad looking either. <laughs> he, he wasn't bad looking, nope. Um, <laughs> but, you know, aside from Voldemort, who wasn't the most good looking villain, you know, I think 
you know, villains are. You know, he had a snake face. You can't really like Voldemort. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying he's good looking. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think that you know, it's almost like stereotypical that like an evil kind of like really good bad guy has that almost sex appeal to him. It's like it just adds to like the villainness of him. Yeah. Um, but his 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 role in this book was interesting. Um, oh yeah, that was. He had a very interesting twist in his character arc. And I, that really kind of. You don't what did know you think he's... about it? Did you did you like it? Did you not like it? I really liked it because it's kind of like it made you made you think. Okay, is he actually changing, or is he doing this for his own reasons? Has he got another plan? Mm-hmm. Which obviously, all along, I'm not going to go into detail, obviously, um, but all along. His whole plan is he wanted to create a legacy. He wanted people to worship him. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's always, he's always wanted it from the whole of the Grishaverse um, books. So I really liked it. I liked the way that, that, that his kind of character arc um, has completed for now. And I'm really interested to see if they do continue that on um, to see what happens. But at the same time, it's a nice end of, end for him. Like it's a nice end for um, if that if that book stopped at that one. Right. How about you? Did you what did you think of it? I don't know. Like that's the one piece of this book that I'm still trying to kind of grapple with a little bit. Like I okay. I get it. Like I I I completely agree with what you said. Like for who he is and what he wanted, he you know the he wanted to be worshipped he wanted to be viewed like even bigger than any of the saints and um like almost to be that savior and and so for what he wanted i think it was a good conclusion for him i just Mm -hmm. feel for how evil he was at the beginning that he almost it was almost tempered like i almost wish that it was a bigger ending, uh, like I just feel it didn't match the magnitude of what he was introduced to us with. Like for everything mm-hmm. else that happened, like for all the other characters that have been introduced to us throughout the very from the very beginning of Shadow and Bone, all the way through Six of Crows and King of Scars, I feel that this book really did justice for matching the characters for where they were and who they are and led them to where they are. The Darkling is just the one where I'm not 100% sold that it matched the magnitude. Yeah. But I get get why it ended that way. I get why she did it. I think, in a way, I kind of see it as like a circle because... If you remember when we first met the Darkling um, in the in Shadow and Bone, you didn't know that he was a bad guy straight away. He was made out to be a good guy, that or is at least true. a goodish guy. Yeah. So you weren't sure, like good, bad. What is he? So it's interesting. It's kind of like it's gone full circle, and now we've gone back to the whole: is he good? Is he bad? Mm. Is he good intentions or bad intentions? Interesting. That's I didn't think about it that way. That's a very good approach to it. Interesting. Yeah. And and I think it's part of part of me really hopes 
for a continuation of this because I want to see where, yeah, yeah. like, because because we know that the next, if there was a next book, that it would continue to kind of look at you know Zoya and Nikolai and yeah. our you know our Catterdam pe- you know peeps that we love so much as well as the Darkling, and so it's just like I don't know, I I, I almost feel like. Maybe it's that I just don't feel I've had I've had enough conclusion <laughs> on the Darklings plot. Yeah, like I feel like there's closure, isn't it? yeah, I feel like there's still one more <laughs> step missing to bring full closure to him and as his character. Where everybody else, I could be okay with it ending. Yeah. So because I mean, the graphic novel is actually about the Darkling, isn't it? I think it's about the Darkling before. Yeah, I think Shadow it's a prequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's quite exciting. Yeah. To get to find out more about his his life before Shadow and Bone. Yeah. So and and I I do enjoy those prequels when it when you when they're focused on how you know the the villain the evil yeah. person becomes what they were like that's you know the whole like songbirds and ballads you know for the Hunger Games figuring out oh, like I know how President Snow became <laughs> who he is and yeah. um, so. And of course, the graphic novel is being read. Um, we found out the day it's being read by Ben Barnes, mm. the Darkling from the TV series. Yep. I mean, I could, yeah, sold. <laughs> <laughs> and I My like audiobooks. And the audio. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so it, I'll do what I'm doing right now as I'm reading Hidden Pictures. I have the book. No, I don't have the audio for that one. I heard the audio is very good, but I, I'm not, that's okay. not what my audio is. But I do enjoy looking at, like, doing the audio and having the book when there's things yeah. to reference in the physical, tangible book. I think, especially as it's a graphic novel, I think that would be good to do audio and reading at the same time. Yeah. Especially um, when it's a but, good narrator. <laughs> exactly. I mean, who doesn't want to listen to Ben Barnes? Exactly. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Oh, I know. It's like, it would be like reading The War of... Two queens all over again. I know, <laughs> right? Old Shower Central. <laughs> so, what else are you reading besides this lovely book we so, finished? Yeah, so I'm I'm currently reading uh, Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Uh, I always like this time of year, especially when it's particularly hot and this week's been like heat wave here. Um, I just like reading the easy kind of summer rom-coms um mm-hmm. just to enjoy kind of sit outside in the sun just uh, have a nice cold drink and ice cream and just enjoy them um so i've been reading a few i read um another one uh just before this but yeah i started a few days ago book lovers um now this really interested me because um it's everywhere right now on instagram <laughs> it is. You look, it's everywhere um but also it's because um it's set in what well, as a publishing agency the same as the hating game um, so it's all about these two characters. Um, you have the the typical kind of very domineering, very confident um, shark who is the female, uh, who is a, a – she's like a publishing assistant um, who manages her – she has a – she's an extra publishing agent, so she manages her clients. And then you have Charlie who is – similar to her she he is just as kind of confident cocky um he is the editor um so it's all about they um they end up meeting one day and they have a meeting about this book that she wants him to edit he says no this is like right at the beginning 
Um, but then it becomes like this massive bestseller being turned into a film. Um, and then they meet again on, um, by coincidence, won't go into any more, but it's really good. I've got, it's got a really nice kind of Hunger Games, Hunger Games, Hating Games. I'm like Hunger Games. We went from rom-com to like, let's kill everybody. (laughs) I know. If it, yeah, it feels like cross between Hating Game and have you seen the film The Holiday? Yes. It feels like that because Mm. in this main character, she can't cry. She's never, she's never cried. And she, when she dates, she has like a checklist. She's very kind of strict about who she dates. Um, and she's not particularly emotional. Mm. So she reminds me of Cameron Diaz from The Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I feel like it is at the moment. And I'm about halfway through. Uh, but yeah, really enjoying it. It's just a nice little easy summer read. Um, what was the rom, what was the rom-com you read before this one? Uh, it was the, uh, the, Tower at Primrose Hill. Let me just double check. I can't remember what it's called now. It's it's one that I was actually gifted by Welbeck Publishing um, to a review because I'd read one of the previous books by the same author. Um, it, the one at Christmas time was called Christmas at Lobster Bay. Mm. And this one was called Summer at Primrose Hill. Uh, yeah, Summer at Primrose Tower by Annie Robertson. Um, that was also a really nice one because she was a florist. Oh. So it was a lot of discuss- talks about flowers and stuff, and it just was like, oh, I want flowers now. <laughs> <laughs> but that was just like a really kind of cute little rom-com. Um, so, yeah, no, because yeah, the ones before that I've been reading, like, were quite uh, kind of heavy going. So it's nice to have the the light um, rom-coms just to have a little bit of a break. And I just finished a rom-com um a book that was just released um, maybe two weeks ago, uh, Four Ways to okay. Wear a Dress by Gillian Libby. And uh, oh, it was it was super cute. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's perfect for our, our society right now. There's, you know, social media influencers and everything they were doing was yeah. to post on on Instagram. She gets her little fake husband so it can increase you know followers and um you know as she's trying to figure out her life because you know her life is in chaos and but what I love is those little rom-com beach books where they take place in small beach towns and like it the bulk of this book takes place in um a little surfer town in California that is struggling from tourism after COVID uh, because, you know, COVID really hurt this little small town and they're trying to increase their tourism, which is why social media is such an important piece of the book is because that's how they're trying to encourage people to come back to the surfing town. And it was just such a super cute um, read. And I'm not a big fan of, friends to lovers that trope and i just um but this one is is friends to lovers and i i enjoyed it so um but i read that one yeah i'm a big fan of enemies enemies to lovers i love enemies to lovers they're the best and um so enemies to lovers for me is like a a big trope that i really like and this this one is book lovers is kind of Uh oh, I think we're getting some technology glitches on Liz's part. Are you there, Liz? Look, year yeah. one is just about over, and this is the first time that we're having like major glitches and freezing. <laughs> 
and it's really funny because I'm watching her on the on the Zoom We've screen. Never, I've never had internet issues. Yeah. Are you back? We've we've never had internet issues until today. Can you hear me now? Okay? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you. Okay, you're back. I can see you. I can see you moving a little bit better now. You're not not so glitchy. So, all right. Well, I'll just talk while you figure out your your technology internet life over there. Um, <laughs> I have not started reading book lovers yet. But what I am reading right now is Hidden Pictures um, by Jason Reculak. I don't know if I said that wrong or not, but it's it's kind of it's it's pretty popular right now. It just came out um, last month. It came out on like May tenth, and so it's it's pretty pretty big in the th- the thriller the thriller books but and I'm not a huge thriller reader either but it I was really really interested in it because it's about a 5-year-old boy who draws these kind of like scary pictures like you look at um you look at his drawings and you're like ooh you are possessed and we need to do something about you because his pictures go from normal 5-year-old kid pictures to there's a, like a demon that you're drawing in your picture with you. And and you have this nanny who comes in, um, is hired to be their nanny for the summer. Um, and she's trying to figure out what is going on. And there's definitely more than meets the eye with this family. And, um, you know, she's, she's overcoming some of her own struggles. She's 21. She's coming out of, um, 18 months. She's 18 months sober after having a pretty severe drug addiction. And so she, she herself has some demons that she's, she's overcoming. And it's kind of like that supernatural thriller, um, ghost story kind of thing. And it's just, I, I love it, and you know, I was telling Liz this before the show that one of the coolest things about it is they have the like they included the art, so the art that the kid is drawing, they actually show those pictures, so you can actually see this creepy demon-looking person in this kid's pictures, and how the pictures evolve throughout the course of the story. Um, and I will finish it today. I am 30 pages. I was actually reading it, and uh, was a little late logging into our our meet this morning to do our pre-show stuff, because I was trying to get a couple extra pages read. It's fine. I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> you're back, Liz! You're back! It's, it's easily done. Yeah. Can you hear me again? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, no, I've I've done that before so many times. Yeah. <laughs> so many times I've been like, oh, oh, okay, I need to stop reading because I'm meant to be on the podcast. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a really interesting, interesting book. Um, I mean, I like really like the idea of the pictures and seeing how they evolve. Mm-hmm. I think that's really nice to have that kind of physical stimulus, such mm-hmm. um, to be able to see that. It does sound very creepy, which means it's right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> so I might have to check that out. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh, so, uh, you know, and and then I'm a mood reader, so I'm already trying. Like, oh no, I'm I'm almost done. I'm going to need another book to read. What am I going to read? Um, 
You know, and I'm going. Why are you going to read next? I don't know because, and and part of it is, you know, I'm going away for a long weekend, um, up at at the lake, and so I'm like, well, I want, you know, what do I want to take and read up at the lake? And you need you need a good summer read. Yeah, I just you need a good beach read. I know, (laughs) and it's really funny because a book I'm really really eager to read is Hotel Magnifique. And, I still want that book so badly. Yeah, oh. so, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I may take yeah, it right. with me. So oh, I really want that book. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to read next. But, but that's that's what we're reading right now. So, um, <laughs> so if you're reading any of those books, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. So leave us some comments. But we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to wrap up our show with the bookish buzz and our speed round of either or. So we'll be right back. And we're back. Um, Now it's time for Bookish Buzz. So this month we have had so much bookish news. Um, It's just just gone crazy, I swear. Like I've messaging Holly pretty much every week going, look, this is just announced. This is just announced. Um, It's been crazy. We're not going to cover it all. If we literally cover it all, then we would it would be a whole show's worth. Mm-hmm. There's been so much. But we will give you some of the highlights for this month's bookish news. So uh, the first one, this is this is the best. my favourite ones. Yep. Um, so Margaret Atwood, um, obviously we know her for Handmaid's Tale, um, has actually been fighting against all these bannings and burnings of her books um, in America by releasing a version of The Handmaid's Tale which is literally unburnable. So oh, the symbolism is not lost. Literally unburnable. Um, and she actually demonstrated this at an event with a fl- flamethrower. She actually aimed a flamethrower at this book. Um, and you can see it on YouTube. It was just, it's hilarious. Um, this copy was sold for $130,000 Um and um, it was at an auction, and the money was donated to um, Penn America, to PEN America. Yeah, and that's an organization so, that really does work to help fight the the censorship that we're we're dealing with over here in the in the book yeah. banning. And you know, and she did choose The Handmaid's Tale because it is one of the most common challenged and banned books uh, in yeah. right now in schools and you know libraries and everything. So. It's pretty cool that you yeah, can even though, use a flamethrower on this sucker and nothing's uh, happening to it. It was amazing. And I mean, looking at The Handmaid's Tale, what's going on over in America, it's not too far from the truth. Not having mm-hmm. control over whether you get an abortion or not. Yeah. Um, it's it started to become a scary reality. So that title is more important than ever. And, you know, and it's interesting because I pulled up the article from The Guardian that kind of talks about this, and they even mention the um, the timeliness of this with the rulings that are going on over here regarding, yeah. um, you know, whether they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade and women's rights to have abortions and everything like this. And um, it says – uh, this one little paragraph I'll read, it says, in 2006, in an open letter to a school district, 
which attempted to ban the book, Atwood said, first, the remark, offensive to Christians amazes me. Nowhere in the book is the regime identified as Christians. As far as sexual explicitness, the, the handmaid's tale is a lot less interested in sex than is much of the Bible. Um, so, you know, she's trying to call out the, the stigmas and, and the rationale that people are trying to put on, you know, on trying to censor it instead of looking at it for, for really what it is. Um, and it's just it's just kind of crazy and it's you know it just says like this auction the auction of an unburnable edition of handmaid's tale comes ahead of an expected ruling reversing the right to abortion to be handed down by the supreme court dominated by conservative justices so there's definitely a political play here as well yeah but it's yeah so that yeah that's i thought that was like one of the best stories of the (laughs) world because Margaret Atwood with a thing for a win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so go watch it on YouTube, everybody. You can watch. It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate middle finger to all the governments who are trying to ban her books. So. Oh, yeah. Go, Margaret. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you know, and in in many ways, you know, you talk about things that are are banned and censored, and one of the categories that you typically see, like especially school districts trying to ban and censor are books in the LGBTQ plus realm and that in that genre, yeah. um, you know, which is so important, you know, as, especially for our youth to be able to, to understand that they're not alone. And, you know, there's just there's just still so much stigma and stereotype, you know, oh, yeah. and stereotyping and prejudice that it, it's, it's important for our kids to feel supported and feel loved. Um, you know, June, it, you know, we're halfway through June, Pride Month, so this next story kind of just blends naturally with it. But according to NPD BookScan, they released a new report um, about book sales um, re- regarding LGBTQ fiction. And so print book sales are, they're surging um, right now um, in all in all genres of the LGBTQ, so adult, children, okay. YA categories, <laughs> their their books, print book sales are really going up. So the book to, lovers are revolting. That's <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so um, in 2021, sales of LGBTQ fiction reached five million units, doubling 2020. So even. Last year, we saw an increase from the year before, but we're only halfway through 2022, and so far this year, the LGBTQ fiction sales are up by 39% from January through May 28th. So for those first um, five months or so, five, six months of the year, we're up 39% for the same time period from 2021. Amazing. So Absolutely amazing. Yeah. So, I think it's, you know, I think part of it is because the LGBTQ fiction is becoming so much more mainstream. Uh-huh. You think back a few years and it was very kind of, it was a very narrow genre. There weren't that many books. But now you have things like Heartstopper, which has been made into a, a TV show, which has become a massive success. Uh-huh. Um, and you've got things like uh, TJ Clains with House and Cerulean Sea, uh-huh. which was, again, humongous success really successful um which needs to be made into a film just uh, saying uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yes um 
but it's become such a kind of a mainstream genre in its own right, which is, is really good to see. Um, so, I mean, but it, it's a surprise, but at the same time, it's not surprising. It's, it's really growing this and, much. And what I also love is the fact that it's, I, I, I just, I love, the authors that are writing in this this category and writing books fully devoted to it. But I also love the authors that are just naturally blending this into their books, like Rule of Wolves. Yeah. Um like it's, it's Rodrigo, yeah. Yeah, like it's just it's it's just it's just a natural yeah. integration and, and I and I love that. I and so kudos to authors, kudos to publishers, kudos to parents who are letting their kids read these books yeah. that are about people. It's about a story and letting them see that that it's okay and it's normal and it's fine and it's acceptable and you know you hear so much love is love is love is love like it is is people are people are people are people like at the end of the day we're people and. Um, so I just, I just, I love that it, it's becoming more mainstream. It's becoming more accepted. And I really, really hope that the, I, I mean, I think that this is an unrealistic hope, but that the, the censorship, the banning, the challenging will decrease. And as it becomes more acceptable and more mainstream in literature and TV and movies, that they're going to the all these people who are continuing to challenge these books are going to begin to have their their you know legs knocked out from under them, and they're not going to really have anything to stand on because it's being so well received and so well accepted yeah. into our our everyday culture. Definitely, I mean the more that these shows these adaptations succeed the more that those voices will be heard and they'll be stronger and the less kind of the less legs that the other people will have to stand on because <laughs> they'll see that the masses this is what they want they don't want the all of these titles being banned that is a very small minority voice that's that are speaking about the banning so i mean I like, yeah, I'd like to think that these, this will start getting better. Um, and I'm sure it will. I mean, if you compare now to back in the 60s, Oof. I doubt you would have seen any LGBTQ fiction. In fact, I'm pretty sure that the word LGBTQ didn't exist back then. Mm-hmm. So as a society, we've come a long way. Um, and hopefully we'll just see even more improvement as years go on. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um so, on a slightly happier note, um, uh, no, you're so we, excited uh, about. Uh, very happy note. So, uh, the Sandman. This is a graphic novel that actually was first released, um, crazily enough, in the eight, late eighties. Can you believe it? Oh my god! It is. It came out. I think it came out not first in eighty eight. So it's the same age as me, thirty three years old. Um, Oh, you're I, so young. Uh, <laughs> for a graphic novel, that's really impressive. And yeah, it's it is. such a, a cult graphic novel um, in its genre um, by Neil Gaiman, who is obviously a, a complete genius of fantasy. Um, but we have been hearing about this TV series adaptation coming to Netflix for about two years now. Um, finally, on this Netflix uh, conference thing that was on last week, we got a release date. 
So excited. Um, so it is coming out on the 5th of August um, to Netflix. And I cannot wait. I've seen a trailer for it. Um, it looks very, very exciting. So, yeah, you guys need to definitely watch that when it comes out. I would say to Holly to watch it, but it would probably be about <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it comes out in August, you do need to watch ask it. me in like February. That's about <laughs> my time, my time frame. However, when it comes to books, I'm a little bit more quick. And so there's some news on the Holly Black front with her Elfheim um, world. I know, right? Da, 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 da. She announced that there's going to be a new duology focusing yeah. on Oak. And so if you've read the books, you know that Oak is the, the little brother, the younger brother. Um, and so it's going to be called The Stolen Heir. Um, and so she's just announced that, so we don't have a lot of information yet about it. But that's kind of exciting. And I know Liz and I, we also just finished reading um, Holly Black's Night, uh, Book of Night, not that long ago. And that is also a duology. And so there'll be Holly Black has um, quite a quite a bit of um, exciting stuff coming out that people are pretty excited yeah. about. I kind of felt the Book of Night was Oof. going to be a duology because just because of the way it ended, it felt like it, it needed another book to really give it context as such, really make sense properly. Um but yeah, oh, very excited about Elfheim. I loved the Elfheim, the Folk in the Air series. I wasn't a major fan of Oak, so it'd be interesting to find out more about him and get mm-hmm. more of a kind of, um, more of an inside story on him. Yeah, he played such um, a small, minor role. Um, yeah. Because so everything it, focused, you know, I on the other what, ones. Sort of what era this will be, whether it'll be kind of, um, when, when he's grown up. And if he's taking the throne or whether it be at this age, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, because because if I remember, it's been a while since I've read the series, but aren't they like, didn't the series end with the idea that they're protecting, they're protecting Oak until he gets older? Yeah, in the human realm. Mm-hmm. So maybe it'll pick up when he's, when it's time for him to oh, go back. Yeah. So. That'd be interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I know that's very exciting news. Um, don't think we've had a release date yet. I think they might say next year potentially. I think it's 2023. Yeah. So a lot of things to look forward to next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, talking of upcoming releases, we've got a few that are coming out um, very soon. So we've got Blade Breaker by Victoria Aviard. Aviars? Aviars? Yeah. Um, on June 28th. She's getting married soon. I wonder if she's going to change her name. Probably not. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I doubt. Um, I don't think she would. She's, <laughs> she's too well known as as Aviard. Exactly. Unless it's an easier name. <laughs> um, we've also got our Crooked Hearts by Melissa Albert coming, also coming out on the same date, June twenty eighth. And then we've got um, a book called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, which I was really sad that it wasn't a Shakespearean thing because that's the beginning of a really famous Shakespeare monologue oh. um but it's not Holly's told me it's not so. it's it's not um that <laughs> that comes out on um July 5th in America and July 14th in the UK and that's written by Gabrielle Zevin so um yeah so I think it's it's more about like um like uh two two people who I believe they um were they were friends and they it's like video 
video game designing and they kind of come back together okay. and yeah so it seems pretty cool but so those are some i do like a bit of, of, of video games in I my know. books so yeah so it doesn't seem like it's going to be like a ready player one though yeah. i know <laughs> no, they, they, we're never going to get another ready player one no that we're was not classic but I did read his um, Armada. Um, Ernest Klein wrote Armada. I need to get that. Yeah, he wrote that between Definitely. the two Ready Player books. And that was actually pretty good. Um, okay, so to wrap up, before we get to our speed round, um, the New York Times bestseller list. So, uh, surprise, surprise, Colleen Hoover dominates once again. Like, this woman, man, she... Uh, just like a superhero. It's crazy. How yeah. does she do it? Like... She's still everywhere, all over Instagram. I don't think she ever leaves Instagram. No. Um, when you're like clicking through the reels, like every third one is Colleen, Colleen Hoover. Mm-hmm. And so she right now is sitting back at number one with It Ends With Us, which has been there for 52 weeks. So congratulations on her one-year anniversary as well um, of being on the list. And then Verity is sitting at number four. But she has two more. In the top 15. she Ugly Love and November 9th are, are also in the top 15, just not in the top five. But she has two of the top five. Um, Crazy. I know. John Grisham's new book, Sparring Partners, it enter, or it's at number two. Um, it's, a, it's its second week. So it entered last week as number one, and it dropped to number two this week. So I think John Grisham is also, you know, he's his books are very very popular among that genre um and yeah, then the older generation aren't they really yeah because it's not really the sort of thing you see very much on on, on bookstagram nope um but not surprisingly and something we haven't yet mentioned this episode is number three is where the crawdads sing and uh, it's we're probably going to see it remain up in the top five for a while because we are about a month away from its big screen release. And uh, as long as it doesn't continue to get pushed back. Exactly. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk to them because they've just they delayed it. We were going to we were going to watch it soon. And yeah, it took yeah. another month. So oh, rude. I love yeah. it. I, the only reason I found out about this delay was because I was reading a post of Holly's um, about up coming releases for june and she was like oh i need to i'm gonna go see this um with greg before our podcast um this month and i thought oh yeah i forgot is it out soon i looked it up looked it up it's like july there's gonna be june yeah oh uh, yeah so, so now i think it's the 22nd of july yeah um which oh sad and it means that we're not even gonna be able to watch it before the next podcast but oh um, we'll have to talk about yeah so we'll talk about it in in um in august so, which is fine because, um, I think we're doing an, an early, early August show. So, yeah. you know, yep. Um, and then rounding out the top five is book lovers. Yay. Yay. So that Liz's current read <laughs> does round out the top five. So that is where our books are sitting right now as far as how they're selling. Is, um, is Karen McManus still in, at number one for young adult? Um, so the we didn't get our little young adult update. <laughs> so it is not. I did look, and uh, I think it is sitting at. I just pulled it back up. So it is sitting. One of us is lying. Is number three right now. 
Um, Number one for young adult is Family of Liars, which is the sequel of the We Are Liars. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. So that's um, the sequel of We Are Liars, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, so that's... I read that one years ago. I just recently bought it, so it's it's on my list to read. It's really good, yeah. It is very good. And then number two is Loveless by Alice Osman. Um, oh, I've heard of that. That yeah. is, she's the writer of Heartstop, isn't, isn't she? Yes, I believe so. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's really exciting. And, yeah. you know, and as I was scrolling through this, you know, um, Wonder, that amazing book, yeah, yeah by R.J. Palacio. Mm-hmm. It yeah. has been, it's number one right now under the children's middle grade books. Yeah. It's wow. it's been on the list for 348 weeks. Um, <laughs> Do you want to work? <laughs> I'm not working out that math. Almost, I think it's almost seven years, isn't it? It's got to be 52 weeks in a year. Liz, you're better at math than me. Um, but I, I'm kind of. Too, <laughs> it's what? How many weeks? 348. Yeah, so that. six and a half years. Six and a half, half years. And that's I, just crazy. I know. And right now, whenever I see Wonder, I made a post about this um, when it happened. But you know, we recently in Texas had um, a mass shooting at an elementary at an elementary school that killed twenty one people, nineteen um, kids, and and their two teachers. Um, absolutely horrific, and it just it. I work in education and I haven't really talked a lot about it, but in March we were, my school was very, very close to being on the list of, of, of tragedies. We, we had a, a loaded gun on a student in the building and um, it was probably the scariest moment of my entire life when we got the student and he started being aggressive with us and he had it in his pocket and he was trying to get away and rustle away. And, um, you know, they, he ended up getting tackled to the ground and, um, we have amazing security on our campus. It wasn't even our police officer. Um, we had a, just one of our regular security monitors was able to cut the gun out of his pocket and disarm it. Um, but in the meantime, like our school is designed very uniquely, we don't have four walled classrooms. Our classrooms only have three walls. So um, think about like a mall and you have all the gates, or not a mall, um, an airport and you have all the gates and they all open hey, so to this. Like no doorways. So yeah. Just, just a big hallway and all the rooms open up. So this was all going on in one of those open classrooms. It was spilling into the hallway. And as soon as we heard that he did in fact have a gun, it's like, oh my God, like, if he gets that gun, we got to get these kids out. And so it was, um, it, it was the most <laughs> traumatic experience in my life, but we were the lucky ones. We were the ones that every single person, including the kid with the gun walked away. Um, yeah. and, and so when this happens and you hear these, these 10 and 11 year old kids are being killed, um, and their teachers, it's just, it's the most heartbreaking. It, it, it's just so devastating. And when I, I look at wonder, 
wonders what makes me think fourth grade, and that's what grade these kids were in, because both of my own personal children read the book Wonder in fourth grade. And so it's it's such a connection to fourth grade for me. So Wonder, I will always now connect with fourth grade with these these families in Texas that will never recover from the grief of this, of this loss. And it's just, um, you know, it's what a tangent that was in this episode, but you know, when it comes to books, books that just, it, I think it just kind of shows the power that books have on memories oh, yeah. and, and just, no, 100%. yeah, 100%. So. And it's easy to go off on tangents with books because of the fact that they can emit so much raw emotion they can bring up so many events and so many memories, both good and bad. Um, and I mean, that I think that book is a really important book because it's all about kind of accepting who you are uh-huh. and also accepting others. Wonder is such an important book. And I love the fact that, that your kids like read it at school. Um, I'd like to think that maybe, I don't know if our schools to probably read it. I have no idea. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I remember reading that book the first time, and it was just such a, a special book. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, what's been going on in America and has been for years and years and years is, yeah, it's just it's horrific. And it's not something that I can imagine over here because we, we had one when I was a kid. Um, and straight from there, they banned guns. They yeah. took away guns. Um, which is obviously something that they could never do in America. And they're trying, bless them, they are trying to, to change the rules. Um, but obviously it's, it's not going to change enough. You know, and it's but, funny because right now, like, you, you're hearing, like, over here, we're hearing all sorts of things. That's like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, you know, you, you go, you buy a gun, you fill out some documents, bam, you get a gun. You never have to do anything mm-hmm. with it. To own a car, we have to pay registration. We have to register our car every year. We have to register our car. We have to pay a car registration. But for a gun, you just, whatever, you don't have to like. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just like, you know, and I get it. And, you know, and I I get, you know, constitutional amendments and people's right to bear arms and things like that. But at the same time, do we really need the right to bear, you know, assault rifles? And also that that um, amendment was written when they had things like flintlock pistols which would take <laughs> about five minutes to, to load with gunpowder. Right. It wasn't around the time of assault rifles and, and automatic yeah. guns. Um, but no, I mean, talking seriously, I think teachers are, especially over in America, teachers are some of the most inspirational people because mm-hmm. the amount of trouble they have to go, for, go through I mean, it's hard enough as it is teaching children and uh, keeping them in line um, and teaching kind of the future generation uh, how to, or everything, how to live, um, how to act. But having this stress on top of them and people saying, oh, they should arm teachers. Uh Yeah, fine, but they shouldn't need to be armed. Right. The teacher shouldn't need to have to carry a gun around and feel like they might have to kill a child for God's sake. Uh Because sometimes it is young children that carry the guns. So, no, I think what you guys do is just absolutely amazing. And the way that you managed your event was just absolutely inspiring. And I don't know many people who could have kind of handled it, handled it the way you did. So, well, thank you. Absolutely. 
massive inspiration. Yeah, and it's funny because it's not funny. It's it's sad too. But you know, I am not only you know an administrator who had to make decisions that day. I'm a parent. Um, my kid was in the classroom across the hall, and there's no walls. There's no doors. My son watched everything go down, and um, you know, and as a result of me being in my position. All through his years of school, you know, I've told both of my kids, I said, if anything ever happens, if you hear gunfire, if you hear people and you know something's going on, I don't care what you're told to do. If you can get out of the building, you get out of the building. Like at the end of the day, you, you know, take, take everybody around you. And if you have the ability to get out, get out. If you need to break a window to get out of the building, break a window and get out of the building. Um, because windows can be replaced. You know, yeah. all of that stuff, like, I, you know, you, you guys cannot be replaced. And, um, and, you know, obviously when things started going down, it drew the attention of the kids in the other classrooms. And then once, you know, I heard that he did, because I was standing right there when they said that, you know, the, the, he could feel the gun, you know, I just, that's when I just turned and I just, I yelled at every kid in the in the classrooms around. I'm like, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. And my son, he's like, as soon as I saw you turn around, he's like, Mom, I was the first one out. <laughs> he's like, I was out. So, and I just like, you know, and it is because it's like these kids, you know, and the kids, you know, they're 14, 15, you know, they range in age from 14 to 18 that we have in our on our campus. And it, they're still kids. And it's like, how scary for them too. So, but um, on that note, you know, um, my my I know I, I didn't mean to be a downer, but, you know, it just like know. looking at wonder just always makes me right now. It just really brings up those emotions of, of the Texas yeah. shooting and my own kids. So. All right. But let's do let's let's end on something fun. Let's do our um, either or power speed round. Okay, so we had a bit of a, an issue trying to think of what to do this time because we've done so many different types. Um, so this time we are going to do it based on books that we've read um, in these last 12 months. Um, so, Holly, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ninth House or Rule of Wolves? Rule of Wolves. Yeah, it's going to be Rule of Wolves. Uh, Warfare of the Gods number two or Assassin's Odyssey? Warfare of the Gods number two. That was my favorite one so far. Oh, yeah, we've we've had number three, haven't we? Yes, Mm -hmm. number two, yeah. Warfare of the Gods number two, definitely. Um, Serpent and Dove or Blood and Honey? Serpent and Dove. Stop saying my ideas. (laughs) (laughs) This is how we're so alike. Um, This always happens. This literally always happens. (laughs) Okay. This is a toughie. Last House on Needless Street or The War of Two Queens. This one was a this one was a struggle and 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 I don't know. I you might be I see I don't know. You might not be surprised. I'm like, oh you might be surprised. I I'm actually gonna go with The Last House on Needless Street. That book just left me so jaw dropped in awe that I just I think, yeah, just because of the whole uncomfortableness that mm. it made and like the whole feelings yeah it's got to be last house on needless street because that evoked so many more feelings mm-hmm. i mean war of two queens was mainly cold showers so yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> um project hail mary or book of night easy project hail mary 
Yeah, Project Hail Mary, 100%. Uh, Christmas every day or the holiday swap? We might be different on this one. I'm going with Christmas every day. Ah, uh, see, yeah, I'm going holiday swap. Mm-hmm. Um, Aqua or another beast skin? Um, well, I'm not a huge fan of the Court of Thorns and Roses series, so definitely another beast skin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good, though. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, I've got to go to get another beast skin. I definitely enjoy that one. Uh-huh. Uh, Warfare of the Gods number three or One Will Die? I'm going with One Will Die. Yeah, One Will Die, definitely. Uh, Night Circus or Scythe? Scythe. I've got to get Night Circus, mm-hmm. even though it's a really hard decision. <laughs> oh. Remember, okay, anyone listening? Holly made these. Holly did this to us. <laughs> <laughs> I um, did. <laughs> waiting to begin or women like us? I'm going with waiting to begin. Yeah, it's got to be waiting to begin. I think that's actually my first one of hers I've read as well. As well. I first read her on NetGalley. That was when I first mm. was introduced to her. That's yeah. awesome. So that is it for our one-year show. Uh, oh, my gosh. What a ride has been. <laughs> um, did not expect that to, that to be as emotional. As I know. Was, but, um, I mean, we never know what to expect on the show. That's true. <laughs> That's true. We we are the queen of tangents. So. <laughs> yep. Um, so the next episode will drop on July 16th. Or is that the – yeah. So it's going to mm-hmm. drop on July 16th. Um, just before we go, Holly, remind us how where we can contact you. So I am on Instagram at AZ Bookworm. No, sorry, I don't even know my own. Um, AZ <laughs> AZ Desert underscore Bookworm. Sorry, that's AZ Desert Bookworm. Um, on Instagram, and then I have a website which is just tinyurl.com um, slash Desert Bookshelf. Liz, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, so on Instagram, I am Lizzie's Little Book Nook, and um, my website is Lizzie's Little Book Nook.co.uk. There you go. All right, Thank Liz, you. we made it a One year. year. I know. Here is too many more years. That's <laughs> right. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for your support over this last year. We look forward to maybe having some of you on our show as part of our new book club rollout that we'll be doing. Please watch for inst- on our Instagram um, as we post about that. And until then, we hope everyone has a wonderful, if it's summer where you live, a wonderful summer. The other side of the world, it's winter, so stay warm, and we will see you next month. Bye, everyone. Happy reading.